Welcome to the Mission Cleveland weekly podcast, encouragement and hope in a despairing world. The Gospel According to St. Mark After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Henry Nouwen says in his book, The Living Reminder, One of the remarkable qualities of the story is that it creates space. We can dwell in a story, walk around, find our own place. The story confronts but does not oppress. The story inspires but does not manipulate. The story invites us to an encounter, a dialogue, a mutual sharing. And today we read about the story of Jesus's ministry really beginning as he calls the first disciples, Simon, Andrew, James, and John. So I want to take a look at Mark's somewhat vague telling of this story and see where we might find space, where we might dwell in it, walk around, where we might find a place where our own stories might even intersect with this one. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift of stories and storytelling. May you use stories to help us make connections and see more clearly. We invite you to come, Lord, the great story creator and story initiator. Amen. I think it could be argued that our stories are made up of a lot of different responses. Things happen, many that are out of our control, and our responses often determine the trajectory of our paths, which in turn informs our larger stories. Last week, Father Luke talked about calling, and one point he made that came to mind as I was preparing this homily was that we don't choose our calling, but our calling chooses us. This idea of something or of someone choosing us sounds sort of vague and mysterious, but I do think it's true. Our stories are greatly impacted by our responses to the voice calling, come, follow me just as the disciples' stories were altered that day on the Sea of Galilee as they were fishing. So let's take a look at how they responded to this call from Jesus. And for the sake of this emphasis on storytelling, just take a moment to place yourself in the story. Maybe you're a bystander on the beach. Maybe you are in the boat with Simon and Andrew 
or James and John and Zebedee and the hired servants. Wherever you are, just find your place there. Jesus comes first to Simon and Andrew, who are brothers fishing together, obviously. Jesus said, come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. Wouldn't you think these brothers would have questions? Wouldn't you think they might want to know just how this fishing for people thing worked? Wouldn't they be concerned about leaving their well-paying jobs, their families, their lives as they knew them? But scripture says at once they left their nets and followed him. What on earth compelled them to go? Was it curiosity? Was it a longing for something different? Was it something in Jesus's eyes and his voice? Next, Jesus calls James and John, brothers fishing in their boat with their father Zebedee alongside hired servants, and they offer the same response. Mark says, without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. One dominant theme in the Gospel of Mark is the failure of the disciples. Many joke that they set the bar pretty low for what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And yet in these moments that we've just read about, I would argue that they set the bar pretty high, that they modeled all Jesus really wants from us, a willingness to follow. These first four disciples' responses to the call of Jesus, this Jesus that chose them, drastically changed the trajectory of their stories. Had they declined the offer, God only knows how their lives would have played out. But because they followed, they got a lot more than they likely expected or bargained for, and their lives were all the richer for it. So take a moment to pause here and reflect. In what ways has Jesus been calling you? How have you responded? So our stories are full of responses, but I think our stories are also full of shifts. Shifts in thinking, shifts in what we put our hands to or our work, shifts in qualities and values that are meaningful to us, etc. It is my hope that we, that I, always have open hands, loose hands, to accommodate these shifts as I seek to become more like Christ. In our story today, the disciples experienced a stark shift in their work and what their daily lives were going to be dedicated to from then on. They were fishermen, a trade that provided a solid livelihood that required difficult physical labor and skill that these men had likely mastered at this point. But fishing also required more intangibles like intention, patience, and commitment. So when Jesus tells them that they'll no longer fish for fish, but for people, they were probably confused, but we know that they were pretty well equipped for this shift in their vocation. Fishing for people, bringing others into this already and not yet kingdom of God 
would also require and does also require intention, patience, and commitment. The disciples' willingness to be guided into this new version of fishing can help us be more flexible, more accommodating when the things Jesus calls us to are overwhelming and confusing. The disciples give us a great example to follow. Take another moment here to pause and reflect. What shifts have occurred throughout your life, throughout your story? Have you remained open-handed or have you wanted to tighten your fists more than ever when these shifts occur? So our stories contain responses. Our stories contain shifts. And lastly, our stories obviously contain other people. What would our stories be without the presence and engagement of other characters? We need people in our lives who will champion us to heed the call of Christ. And with our gospel story today, this character that I want to look at is Zebedee, the father of James and John, who, if you remember, was in the boat with them that day. One commentary I read mentioned that many Jewish teachers believe that the greatest command was to honor father and mother. So this statement from James and John to pick up and go immediately when Jesus called would have been a seemingly harsh one. And we don't get insight into Zebedee's reaction in Scripture. But if you've seen the TV series The Chosen, a historical drama following the life and ministry of Jesus, then you know the writer of that show chose to paint Zebedee's reaction in a positive light. Rather than cursing his sons or even weeping at their loss, Zebedee urged them to go because he knew there was something special about Jesus. He was proud that his boys had been chosen to go, to follow. He says in that episode, Are you kidding me, sons? This is who we've prayed for for so long. Of course you have to go. It was a beautiful scene, one I would like to believe is true. So take a moment now to again pause and reflect. Who in your life encourages you to follow Christ when he calls? As followers of Christ, I believe our stories are wrapped up in the stories of fellow believers. Our stories are intertwined with the stories of the disciples. My story is intertwined with your story. Our stories can be this mutual source of motivation conviction, repentance, encouragement, and solace to others if we have this unified goal of being willing to follow Christ as He calls. Our stories matter. My story matters. Your story matters. Our responses matter. The shifts we encounter matter. And the people in our lives matter. So as I opened with a quote from Henry Nouwen, I want to also close 
with the remainder of that passage I started with. He says, a story that guides is a story that opens a door and offers us space in which to search and boundaries to help us find what we seek. But it does not tell us what to do or how to do it. The story brings us into touch with the vision and so guides us. Elie Wiesel writes, God made man because he loves stories. As long as we have stories, to tell to each other there is hope. As long as we can remind each other of the lives of men and women in whom the love of God becomes manifest, there's reason to move forward to new land in which new stories are hidden. So Mission Cleveland, may this story of the calling of the disciples guide us today. May our individual stories and the sharing of them incite hope in our hearts and in our world. May our stories, like now one says, be ones in whom the love of God becomes manifest. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. Join us at the Mission Cleveland next week.